Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. Peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's pretty great to be back here after almost seven years. It's, uh, it's wonderful to be here as you're celebrating your 150th anniversary. I have to tell you, sometimes it seems like an eternity has gone by. I come back and I see those, those people who used to be small enough to grab my leg. You know how every person wearing slacks looks like dad? But now they're taller than me. But it also sometimes seems like it's been no time at all. I came out of the vestry right out that door and looked up and said hi to Megan, the organist, and all of a sudden, I was back as if no time had passed, looking up like I had done hundreds of times before here at St. James. It's great to be here to be able to preach God's word and talk about his grace. Today I'd like to talk about the image that John gives us in the book of Revelation. See, this reading is really fun for me because it it, uh, appeals to the super geek in me. I was the guy who played Dungeons and Dragons all through high school. I love all those fantasy movies, and this is exactly like that. It says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. It's exactly that image that is so much fun. Michael and his angels and all the host of the armies, they go out and they fight Satan, that great dragon, and they cast him down. It reminds me of my favorite bad theology shows. The bad theology shows that are all about the fight, the struggle between heaven and hell. I remember a movie called Constantine, Keanu Reeves, and he goes out and he he fights all the bad guys with his holy shotgun. It's not how it works, of course. Or just recently on Amazon, a show called Good Omens, and an angel and a demon pair up to stop the apocalypse. And it's always in doubt. But my favorite of all is Supernatural. Every time it comes out, I binge watch it. I go through it so fast, I love it. It's about Sam and Dean Winchester, when they're fighting against the evil forces that want to destroy the world. And they always have to come up with some crazy way to save everyone. It's some sort of magic spell or some particular holy weapon. And everything is up in the air until they finally pull it out at the very end. But that's not the way it works with Michael. When Michael goes out with all of the angel hosts to fight the dragon, he didn't have to Google how to defeat Satan. He had God's power behind it. 
the power of Jesus Christ. This is what it said. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb. There's no question that Michael would win because Michael didn't trust in his own power. It wasn't his own weapons, but the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. See, the victory was won by Jesus becoming a man, by dying on the cross, by rising from the dead, and that very power that saves you is the power that threw Satan down from heaven. The power of God And that power comes to you in some wonderful ways. Through baptism, through God's word, through confession, through the Lord's Supper. But what we see is some trouble when Satan gets thrown down. It says, But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. He comes down to bother us, to bring about pains and woes and hurts and problems. You know what they're like. I have a friend whose son is about to graduate middle school, and she's going through the great high school search. She's terrified putting everything behind her just to focus on this. She's worried because her son got two B's. She doesn't know how, she's, how he's going to do it. Not only that, he's a pretty great kid. Um, he won state in swimming several times over, different events. But she's still scared because we tell ourselves the way to be good and happy and to defeat all the problems in our lives is to get everything right, to get into the right high school so you can get the right college, so you can have the right job. But even if those things work, there's still more. There's always a new stress, a new pain, a new problem. We never find peace by trusting in ourselves. But we can find peace in the joy of baptism. You see, in baptism, God comes down and he hides all the power and might of Michael casting down the dragon with all the heavenly hosts, and he destroys Satan and gives you peace. But he hides it beneath something small, beneath something that seems insignificant. Because if you look over there at the baptismal font, you see it's just a piece of wood with a pretty lid on it. If you open it up, there's a little bowl that gets filled with water. It's almost not even enough to to wash your face with. But it's the power of God. It's salvation. This is what Luther says about that baptism and the benefits that it gives. It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation. To all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. 
It rescues. It saves. Problems and stresses, they're nothing compared to that. It's God's might and his power that casts down Satan. It's given to you. But it's not just individuals that try to trust in our own power to make life good. Churches want to do it too. We want to trust in all sorts of things. I visited a church in northern Chicago that was dwindling and closing down. And one of the things that they tried to do to save them was they wanted to get guitars in the worship service. And so what they did is they went to some 65-year-old guy in the church and said, you should learn guitar so we can have this worship service. Can you imagine what that was like? Some guy, he's like, I've just learned my first chord, and you're just playing, and hopefully the notes don't change. But you know what they thought? They thought, that's the key. That's the way we can rescue our church, guitars, because a guitar will get the young people in there. And we do that. We think to ourselves, if only we can get the right pastor, some charismatic guy, he'll bring everyone in. If only we can have the right program or the right marketing campaign or the perfect children's ministry. If only we can organize ourselves the right way, that will save us. But God doesn't gather people by those things. God doesn't bring people together with that or change people's hearts or deliver faith. He does it through something seemingly small. Something that doesn't take any money or planning. He does it through God's word. Just a little spoken something where the Holy Spirit comes to you. Where the Holy Spirit changes your heart and delivers the power that John says of, of Holy Michael as he comes with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven to bring his grace to you. It's the word. This little thing that doesn't seem powerful. Behind the scenes of it, God puts all his might And all his power to save you. Right now you're celebrating 150 years of God's grace. I remember looking at some of our history and seeing some of the amazing and difficult things that have happened here. I remember looking back at when St. James was going through that great flu epidemic. Hundreds of peoples died. Can you imagine being the pastor burying that many people? I remember looking back, and I believe that St. James was a field hospital during the Great Fire. I remember when the school used to be filled with with people who couldn't pay because we were just struggling with this neighborhood. But there's something that runs through all of it. None of those things really made the church. Something that gathered you together, that brought you in this place, that bound you up, It's the little things, the things that seem like nothing, like baptism, confession, Christ's body and blood given to you with the bread and the wine, and God's holy word. Because these things carry with them the power of God. Behind the scenes of these seemingly little things, you get eternal life and salvation. 
You're rescued from the wrath of the devil. In Jesus' name, amen.